Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. family, this is Dr. April Landell, your friendly neighborhood psychotherapist, which is just a fancy way of saying that I talk to people all day about what matters most to them. So today's show, we have another anonymous caller in our series of real talk with real people out there in the world, sharing about their lives and of course their stories with therapy or maybe seeking therapy. And everyone is anonymous. So on the mic, we have a guest here today. So, hey, Mr. Anonymous 102, you there with us? Hey, how you doing, Doc? Doing okay. Doing all right. And I'm just great to hear your voice already. Um, and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. We're so happy to have you, you know, and um, this is like a new segment of the show. Um, and we are just kind of really wanting to talk real talk and feel out what it would be like inside of a therapy process to have a consult. And in this case, it's a therapy consult with me. So I hope this is going to be helpful to you and also hopefully helpful to the family as well, because who knows out there who's going to be able to identify with any part of, you know, what's going on in your life or just identify with your story. So we're glad to have you here. And just a really quick disclaimer to let you know, let the family know that this is not therapy. This is not therapy or a therapeutic process of any kind that we're doing here on the podcast. You're, you are not a real client of mine, right, Mr. Anonymous 102? I am not a client of yours. <laughs> I was invited to be on the show and I'm honored to be here, but I am not a client. Thank yet, you. Poss possibly in the future. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. All right. We'll see. But in the meantime, as of today, there we go. That's how it works. And that's how we're going to roll. So we're going to keep it fun and flavorful, you know, just to kind of see what's going on with you. And just to begin, tell the family a little bit about you, but anonymously. So we're just looking for, you know, who are you, gender, race, age, you know, do you have any kids, what's your relationship status, things like that. Okay. Uh, I'm a young black male, black American. 30 years old from Southern California, LA to be specific, currently living in the outskirts of Houston, Texas. And I am an accountant and I have about, I would say 10 years of experience in the accounting field between school, doing accounting work for corporate America, as well as uh, on my own. Um, I don't have any kids, but I do have a girlfriend. I've known her for 10 years. Um, however, we just made it official to get together a couple months ago, and she was saying that I need therapy uh, <laughs> because she's known me for 10 years and she knows I need therapy. So here I am. Love it. Love the intro. So young black male professional hearing that you've got lots of excellent, longstanding professional experience. You don't have kids. You are in Texas. And the one thing you're saying that sounds really juicy is you got a girlfriend who said that you, you need therapy. <laughs> yes, very much so. <laughs> is that why you accepted this invite? Was that the main reason? I would say that's 75%. The other 25 <laughs> was because I liked what you had, what you had shown in your previous podcast. And I was like, oh, she's really great. And I was like, you know what? Let me get on the show. Let me kill three birds at one stone, help myself, <laughs> get some brownie points for my girlfriend and work with the amazing Dr. Endell. So. 
Oh, well, thank you. And you know what? Brownie points will take you far. So let's let's get into this. Let's do this. Let's do it. Um, so when I usually begin with a therapy consult, it's just a conversation. And usually whenever you are out there and talking with a therapist, it should be this simple as if you're ever completing a consult with a therapist that you're interested in getting started with. So asking basic questions, just seeing if there's a click, if there's a connection to being able to figure out, you know, what it is that you're hopeful for inside of therapy. So what made you make the call officially? Uh, my girlfriend says that I need therapy and <laughs> she's known me from college where I used to party a lot. I know mm. lots of people and I was the center of attention and she thinks that doesn't need to be my form of therapy anymore. And mm. that it's better to actually have a professional because partying, drinking, smoking is bad for you. And so let's turn the negatives into positives. Yeah, for sure. So what does that look like to you then, if you were able to be successful in turning those negatives into positives? No idea. <laughs> I've been living that life since junior high, since like, 12 years old, I partied and enjoyed life to the fullest. And so now in, in terms of relationship, you know, some of those things aren't things you want to do in a relationship. So mm. I want to be better, but I don't know what that looks like. That's, I, I don't know. That's why I'm here. Okay. So it's the beginning of that exploration, essentially. Correct. Complete beginning. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, you know, brave soul for you to already be here for that complete beginning. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. It means a lot. And, you know, out there, family, to anyone who's listening, who identified with that, just being able to acknowledge, really recognizing that you've got some bad habits and what are, how are you changing it from that, those negatives into the positives? That's a worthy process. That's a worthy part of beginning. So your girlfriend was the first one who began realization or recognition for you? Or did you recognize before? I've recognized before, but there was just no motivation to ever stop because when you're in that party lifestyle, the benefits are really great. So, mm. you know, you keep going. And then I would say when COVID hit, all of a sudden the partying disappeared. And so it was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> don't mm -hmm. go out. And she was happy about it. So I was like, well, you know, I've already known that drinking is bad. I've known that smoking is bad. You know, I know that, you know, being promiscuous is bad. So why, what better time to stop than now when those lifestyle, like that lifestyle is amplified as bad? Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. How are you able to just kind of maintain? <laughs> uh, I work a lot. I just worked more than ever. So, mm. you know, instead of working 12 hours a day, now I might work 16 hours a day. Wow. Um, instead of partying, I talk to my girlfriend through text messaging and FaceTime and masks in person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, working out has gone down because there's no real motivation. So I've gained lots of weight. I've lost lots of muscle. I have no cardio left. Um, so there's been ups and downs, but business has been really good because I just immerse myself in business even more. Gotcha. But that doesn't feed the soul. It doesn't feed everything. No, I, I'm a, I'm an extrovert. So I get energy from being around people mm -hmm. and even like being on zoom calls. It's, it's like 5% of the energy that I need. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not the same. 
I got you. I hear you. So you said several things inside of that explanation, each of which I'm going to kind of pick out and just kind of be a little bit more curious on. When was the last time that you've been to therapy? I've never been to therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is my first time. I normally look at therapists as people who take your information, give it to the government, and then they arrest you the next day. <laughs> um, so I've never really gone, but that was, wow. was a good thing is that this was anonymous and this is a mm -hmm. consultation. Mm -hmm. This isn't, you know, official. So for me, this was like, oh, this is the perfect time to, to, to get in where it fits in. <laughs> so let me just interpret that for the family that you were saying you have a deep distrust of therapy. Am I getting that right? Correct. Therapists, doctors, lawyers, anybody in a position of power that you're supposed to trust, I don't trust. Oh, for the whole system, the, the whole, whole system. system. The yes. whole system. Man, how do you get the support that you need? You know, with that system, <laughs> that distrust of the system. And this is why my girlfriend said I need therapy. Um, historically, I go to strip clubs um, ah. and I would talk to them. And because I know that their goal is normally either fun, money or drink. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no like telling the system what's you know what's going on they probably only remember you they don't know your name and so mm -hmm. it's like free therapy well not necessarily free therapy but it's, it's therapeutic to be able to normally talk to them and mm -hmm. it's worked for many years mm -hmm. but that's a very toxic environment and especially now during covid that's like the worst environment to be in so right right but i do understand what you're saying you know there is this certain amount of ability to be open to somebody that you don't know. And then you also don't know if you'll ever see them again. So they're kind of, you know, somebody that you can just open up to and there's no longstanding ties that bind or commitments. So you end up saying more sometimes than to the people who are closest to you. Is that something Correct. like that? Correct. Cause I don't talk to my friends about anything. People mm -hmm. look to me as the leader. So when you're the leader, who do you go to? Because if you go to somebody, then you're looked at as weak. And a lot of times, pretty much everybody I know looks to me as leader. So there's nobody I ever historically have ever leaned on. So you go to strip clubs because they don't look at you as a leader. They look at you as, you know, some money. So it's easier to go there and to talk to them. And I've never really had a problem with that. It's worked for. It's worked. Yeah, it, it's it did wor work for a, a good time there. Yeah. And it is essentially the same process. You're exchanging somebody to pay attention to you for money. Right? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's worked well because a lot of them can relate to certain experiences that mm. I've gone through. A lot of times they actually want to talk to me more. They want me to be a regular. I wound up being their therapist a lot of times. And we actually become pretty good friends, friends. a lot of times. Mm. Uh, yeah. How is your girlfriend feeling with, with that particular dynamic? That's why she wanted that to be replaced with the doctor. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yes. It's going to be a lot stronger healthier for you in the long run i may be biased i may be biased but this is what i'm thinking this is what i'm thinking so overall i'm glad that you're here and you you know shared that so when you have this deep distrust of the system including a therapist somebody that you're always going to hopefully feel like you have a safe space non-judgmental space to talk to but how do you get to trust that that's what I would do. I have no idea. I'm right. I'm not really an easy person to, I don't open up very well to mm -hmm. 
most people, especially especially professionals or people that are close to me, because those are people that can hurt. You know, what's what's the phrase? Keep your friends and family close, but your enemies closer. So mm-hmm. I normally I trust my enemies more than I trust my friends because mm-hmm. I know what their goals are. I don't really trust friends or anybody that's close. How do you know the goals of your friends? I don't know the goals of my friends. I know the goals of my enemies. That's interesting because I would be curious because how much are you then engaging with your friends in order to understand their goals and that their goals are not to harm you? I don't engage with them that much because Mm -hmm. I don't want to be too... uh, I don't want to be too revealing. Too revealing. Yeah, I don't get close to any of my friends. And that's been like that since I was young. When did this start? Mm, I don't remember. It's it, I've never really trusted friends. Because your friends are the ones who always get you in trouble. I fight with my friends, you get in trouble. Mm. You... Trust a friend, you get in trouble. They, you let them drive your car, they crash it, you get in trouble. Oh, so you're talking experiences. Something happens with a friend, you get in trouble. Yeah, so I just don't trust friends. I don't open up to them. Mm. It's a hard way of life, Anonymous 102. Eh, it's pretty easy for me. I've been doing it for so long. It's, <laughs> it's become routine. I've been successful with it. And people yeah. look to me as a leader, so... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's they can't harm me if they but they don't know. This is true. And then this is also the reason why I want to switch to kind of what you're hoping to to accomplish and change next, because does this still match to the man that you want to be two, five, ten years from now? Well, see, no. In the future I want to be married happily with children and you know, live the the normal lifestyle. Uh but I don't think that drinking, smoking, going to clubs, partying is the dose of medicine that's appropriate for that. So even though it's, it hasn't really been a problem up till now, mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather be proactive than reactive in the sense where I don't want all of a sudden something bad to happen and then I have to change. I'd rather be proactive about it, make the change now. So there's no real negative thing that's going on. I'm actually, outside of COVID, I'm in a really good space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think COVID is the, that's the amplifier to say, okay, well, you know what? You can't party anyway until summer 2021. So you might as well start that process now. You're, you're 30 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, you already didn't want to be 33 in that lifestyle. So why, why wait? You have a great woman. You know, things are, things are looking bright. Don't mess that up being, you know, stubborn and ignorant. So let's make that change now. I got you. I got you to make the change. So you are seeing that ahead of you, you're going to continue with the success, but you also have an an amazing woman, as you said, that's going to help solidify this next level that you're working to accomplish just in your personal life, you know, married family, continuing success. Correct. Okay. It's a different form of success than when you're young, when you're in your twenties and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, 23, 24, you know, what that looks like is successful is a lot different than when you're 35 and 40 as successful. So I'm preparing for that because I'm, I'm now closer to 35 than I am 21. It's true. <laughs> that's just a, that's just a math game. 
It's just the equation, right? So one, I'm hearing that meeting this woman was very significant for you in seeing that possibility. We've known each other for 10 years. So she mm -hmm. saw me when I was at my biggest party mode. And she's seen the growth from then to where I'm at now, taking mm -hmm. on leadership responsibilities, mm -hmm. doing the entrepreneur thing. So I've always actually really had a high respect for her. And then when this year came about, she came to one of my events for the first time. Because for 10 years, I'd invite her to all types of events and she never came because she was like, you're too wild. You're, no, that's not my environment. But now when COVID hit and it was gonna be a small environment and outdoors, she was like, oh yeah, I'll go to that one because it seems pretty safe. And so she came with her double masks on, her and her, you know, her and her friend came with their masks on. And I was like, oh wow, she's interested. That's all I needed. I need just a little bit of interest. And I was like, mm. okay, it's time to make that change because I know who she is. I've known her for 10 years. So you have liked her for all that time? This week's review shout out goes to Rich Rael and Dr. Opri. Rich Rael writes, April and Dell clearly has much to share. Her presentation sounds like a private conversation, but she speaks to all different kinds of people with clearly different lives as long as they're willing to listen. Her therapeutic advice is on target and her warm, nurturing voice lifts us where we want to be. Come back to her podcast again and again, and you can feel more capable in difficult churning times. Wow, Rich, Rael, thanks so much for that review. That, that gave me all the warm fuzzies, and I'm so hopeful that it is meaningful to everyone who listens. Dr. Opri writes, April's soothing voice and engaging personality makes you want to listen to each podcast repeatedly. Had to subscribe. Also appreciate the various relatable topics. Looking forward to more. Thanks so much, Dr. Opri. I really appreciate the review and more is to come. And if you want to be a part of the family and hear your review on the air, just go to Apple Podcasts, go to the show page where you see my picture and scroll all the way down to the stars, put in your star rating and then submit your written review. And perhaps yours will be picked for the review shot out next week. Oh yeah, I liked her, but I was in college, so I wasn't going to change in college. But at 30, you can make that change. For sure. I, I didn't, I didn't do. I didn't know she had any interest. I don't think she did have any interest. I think that once I just saw that she had just a slight 1%, if that, you then took I it was and like, ran with it. Yeah, I took that and ran with it because I was like, oh, no, you're not getting away. You're mine now. You just went for it 100%. So, you know, mad respect for that. And look at that. It seems like it's come together and it's now bringing you into this new light, essentially, who you want to be next. Yeah, it's yeah. I have a big respect for her. Mm. Like she's one of the she's I respect her more than most humans in the world. And for 10 years, she's proven that she deserves that respect. So when you have somebody that has, that you respect that much and is that successful and is that nurturing, that caring, mm -hmm. and if she shows you just a little bit of interest. Yeah, you, you make that move. <laughs> you make that move. Absolutely. Yeah. So you recognize a good woman. Happy to hear that. That's oh, definitely. fantastic. So how do you stand right by that good woman? So we're going back to the, to the original is how do you turn into this? So one of the things is, do you need therapy? Your answer? I'm pretty sure she okay. definitely thinks I do. She says it. What yeah. do you think? I mean, what I've done so far, I've been very successful with. Mm -hmm. um, so personally, I know I have lots of... Uh, stories that I don't ever tell. I know I have lots of experiences that are stuck in my head that I just don't talk about, but 
I'm the type of person that if it's not broken, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I recognize I can't have her and keep my same process that I have right now mm-hmm. because they just won't, they don't work. Like it, they're different. What I really appreciated that you had something that you'd said earlier was that you're trying to be proactive Correct. into that life, into keeping her, you know, and changing for, for that leveling up, essentially. That is very advanced. Advanced in the sense that a lot of people don't understand that you can even go into therapy at that point as well, you know, right in the awakening of a transition in your life, essentially, could be really ideal for, you know, just starting therapy and seeing what comes of it. So this is where I would encourage you to seek therapy to one, you get individual therapy just to figure out some of those habits, where they came from, how strong solidified they are, and then how do they slowly but surely change into more positive habits that are going to suit you for the longer run in the future. So there's one thing. The other thing I'd recommend is definitely do couples therapy and just see how well you guys are on the same page and what else you both would be ideal to work on to continue that relationship to grow really strong and as a foundation for your future together, if that's what is to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're open to therapy. Otherwise you wouldn't be here, but just double check in. Yeah, correct. I'm, I'm open to it. I like, I like the anonymous part. I like that. It's not official. There, <laughs> there is, there is a piece of me that's like, I've really doing anything like on a professional level, like where like my information and things I say, cause you know, I've lived a very, um, colorful. Yeah. Colorful life <laughs> at, uh, I, like I said, I just don't need any craziness happening, especially some of my experiences. Because, uh, you know, what they say is you can't, you can't get caught with new cases for old crimes. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't want to say anything that, and, you know, in the lifestyle that, you know, at least that's the way I was, you know, in high school, like, you know, certain things you just don't say. You know, I, I started drinking, smoking, and living the party between 12 and 14. So I'm well, like, this is a deep this deep seated. It's not something that just came about in college. No, I was mm-hmm. the expert in college. That's why everybody came to me. Cause I was like, Oh, this is, this is old for me. So you, you've lived this life hard. Yeah. SWAT teams coming up to your school, teammates getting arrested for murders. Mm. You know, it's, it's pretty normal to me, but when you talk to professionals now, they're like, Oh, like they wouldn't have the slightest idea. And I can't tell me how the police tried to set me up. Guns pointed to my head. You know, handcuffs for things I didn't do. I said, that's normal to me. And and that could be the disconnect between you and the system. You know, the system is not necessarily caring for you and where you come from and how you came to be. That doesn't translate that the system has been there for you. Yeah, the police were the ones that tried to set me up. It was the gangbangers that protected me. So I, mm. I, my view is that the gangbangers are the good guys and the police are the bad guys. This is a part of the system where the church, you know, encourages the police or they ask us to forgive the police on it. And so I look at pretty much any position of power as enemy. Mm. Okay. 
So here's what I would share to you. The first thing is you live through those things that most people do not ever encounter. And the fact that you did and survived experiencing all those things, I mean, that's mind boggling. And I can't imagine what else you had to deal with because that sounds so tragic and terrible. Pretty normal. And then you say it's normal. Exactly. That's why she wants me to come to therapy. <laughs> it's normal to me. It's not like I have another life where I can just bounce my life off another life and compare. So to me, this is my normal. This is my reality. I, yeah, I know most people didn't reach this level, but that's also why I've, you know, self-therapied myself, you know, mm -hmm. smoke every morning and mm -hmm. throughout the day. And there's lots of just different things. I never got on to like, pills or anything. I don't take medicine. I'm very natural. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there, I, it worked for me. So to me, it's normal. Um, okay. It's not like I caught a DUI and I'm trying to change my life. I'm just being proactive about it because I want better, but I also don't want to change things that can create problems that are even bigger. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Here, here's the crux of this is your normal is a natural and constant state of distrust and then doing things that help you to cope. So in that part of trying to move to your next level, there's a part where one day, hopefully with a really good therapist, you would realize that this normal that you've experienced, this normal of distrust and the drugs and the alcohol and all those things, that's actually not normal. It's normal for you. Oh. Most of my friends, it's normal. I surround myself by people who are, that's, they're accustomed to that. Mm -hmm. So when you're working to do better to level up, how will you be able to take a chance on someone who could potentially support the new you? One, your girlfriend. She's obviously an ally for that. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's awesome. And then two is just walking through the door. It's not the going in because I don't mind. Okay. It's, it's trusting that the things I use won't be against me. Oh, because that that like, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in school and mm -hmm. they say, oh, well, just tell the teacher and then you tell the teacher and then you wind up getting jumped. Like, is that is that mindset? Well, if I tell my therapist, the police going to lock me up and then mm -hmm. they're going to beat me up in jail. Okay. So it's like, I, I, how do I know to trust you? Like, who are you? Where are you from? That's a good point. You know, um, so the best thing I could tell you is definitely make sure that you research your therapist. They are licensed. They are accredited. They are educated and their degree is real. And then the second thing I'd tell you is every therapist, no matter which credentials are behind their names, is to maintain professional ethics, a code of ethics where you do no harm to clients, similar to doctors, bars them from breaking confidentiality unless you have intent to harm yourself or somebody else. Other than that, everything you say inside of a session is and always should be confidential. So vetting them, one, and then two, understanding that this it's actually a massive code of ethics underneath national 
associations and charters. I don't know if that helps give you any additional that scares me more. Gumption. <laughs> that scares oh, yeah? me more. Because if they if they have license and they got a code of ethics, are their ethics the same as my ethics? You know, because I've seen a, a mm-hmm. um, SCI or C- CSI or Law and Order, and uh-huh. under some type of um, warrant, they have to go to the therapist, and the therapist will say no, no, no. Yeah, then they go back and they figure out a way to get the notes, and then the person winds up getting locked up. Oh, I have not seen that CSI episode. I see the CSI <laughs> episodes where the client, the person has died and that is a natural release of the notes of the clients, especially, well, rather if the, the client's death is unnatural, you know, it's a homicide or so movies on the TV, it's always dramatized, always, always the extreme. Um, but I can understand what you're saying. And what I would tell you once again, code of ethics is to protect you with a mental health professional. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a black male therapist? What do you think about that? But I've never talked to black men in terms of anything. Mm-hmm. All the only people I trust are black women. Let's just say that. Okay. So uh, a black female therapist would that's be it. more that's ideal. The only ther- that's the only people I trust. Only person I would talk to would be a black woman. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I don't trust that either because you never know who they're working for or their associations. Gotcha. It, and this is true. So... Inside of, uh, you know, working with a therapist, which I would recommend for you, you're talking about working through that at level of trust versus distrust. You have had a means of being able to be extremely successful without trusting others. Usually these things happen where they can go to a certain point and then it no longer works for you, such as with your girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this may not be something that you are particularly skilled at and you trust simply by one person at a time. Yeah, that's why I'm here talking to the therapist. I need that bridge. <laughs> I need that bridge. The bridge. The yeah. bridge. Yeah. Okay. All right. So listen, you know, Mr. Anonymous 102, I just wanted to share with the family that when I connected with you, I said I needed a black man excellence on the show. <laughs> so I really appreciate that you came on. You were brave. You shared, you know, a bit of your very interesting and colorful life, right? <laughs> you know, and then opened up to us. Thank you for having me. It was absolutely my pleasure. And here we are, we're working really hard to defy the stigmas around, you know, for example, being a black man and, you know, how you are leveling up and operating to be your best self. So to the family, just want to say thanks so much for hanging in. And one last thing, Mr. Anonymous 102, we just kind of do like a lightning round, just real quick to hear a little bit more about you. iPhone or Android? Apple, iPhone, all day. (laughs) Okay, and what's your favorite Starbucks order? I don't eat, drink Starbucks. I got you, I got you. What are you binging right now? Work work. All right. What's your favorite thing to do in the whole world? Go to the beach, walk on the sand and do work from the beach. Nice. Okay. And a lasting impression. What's your favorite quote? If you always do what you've always done, then you always get what you always got. Mm. Wise words. Very applicable, wouldn't you say? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Doc. I appreciate it. Uh, I got to wish you well.
Wish you well. You got a long road ahead of you. Only, only to connect the dots of your your main dream and how you get there. Mm-hmm. The yeah. bridge. Because yeah, that bridge is the real one. Because like I said, I'm cool where I'm at now. But you know that I I know that that's a, a it's a deaf life. It's a deaf style. Mm-hmm. So you know you got to switch things up. Just like I was proactive about leaving corporate America before it took a toll on me. I'm proactive about this. I don't need to get hit upside the head to switch up. Mm -hmm. So that proactivity in you is, it's going to always support you for sure. I can, I can already tell. So you being proactive here, it's going to take you really far. I wish you and girlfriend well into your future. We support you, you know, going down that bridge, finding it, taking one step at a time. Hopefully a therapist is a part of that journey and then you trust them essentially one step at a time, or at least trust if your your girlfriend trusts them. Something like that. Somewhere? Something in that realm? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But either way, just the at the beginning, at the beginning stages, you know. I love that it's to support the fact that you're seeing that dream for yourself, for home and family, and that's really special. Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and mental wellness.